I think yeah, just definitely the offer is by far the biggest one and the most important one, in my opinion. I think with a good offer, everything else is possible. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right. It's that time of the month where I bring on my business partner, Jonathan, and we, we do our, our little build in public exercise where we talk about the $3 million challenge that we're doing, the, the, the highs and lows of it. But, uh, but Jonathan, what's up, man? Are, are you excited? How do you, are you feeling going into this October update? Obviously, yeah, just talk of recession and global doom has definitely like clouded my mood. I'm encouraged because we also have some amazing initiatives. That we're we're all chasing, but you're. I think the just the macro environment is, is definitely something we can't ignore for sure. I know. I read the Morning Brew every morning, and after I read it, I'm like, I need to go watch a cartoon with my five year old to like get my spirits up or something. It's a little traumatic, but but yeah, man, we're we're gonna push through. So the. Uh, the $3 million challenge, for people that don't know, we have a growth marketing agency called Growth Hit. And we're like, hey, we're, we're such a good growth agency. Let's start our own things. And so we've got two other companies that we're starting and launching. One is a productized service called One Day Design. We can be your outsourced design team, design a web page for you in a day, even do dev. We have a second company, which is called Handsome Chaos, which is a direct-to-consumer product that is inventing a new category called dry shampoo pomade. And then the third company is obviously Growth Hit, which we have fortunately gotten that to seven figures. But that's the goal. We get all of these these three companies to a million dollars plus. So um, you know what, Jonathan? I'm going to start with Handsome Chaos this this uh, this month because it's quick and it's painful. So we'll just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> so with Handsome Chaos... Man, it's so painful. We've got like a wait list. We've pre-sold the product. We've sold the product. We've got a formula that we want. And we thought we were going to be able to make this product and have it for Q4. And then my manufacturer texted me. He's like, we need to talk. Which by the way, if someone ever texts you, we need to talk. Like, has that ever been good in the history of we need to talk? I think it is a no. And so I'm like, we're about to get dumped. And so we get on the phone call and I do feel for this guy. He's like, this is the hardest time I've ever had in my business. We are losing money, about to go out of business. He's like, we are firing all clients that can't do an order. It was 5X what we were going to order. And I'm just like, WTF? Like, are you kidding me? And so he's like, he basically was like, sorry, see you later. Have a good life. And I leave the call and I'm like, we have this little piece of paper, which is our formula. And now I need to go knock on doors and start from square one. So I, I obviously hit my head against the wall, took a walk around the block, and now we're hunting for manufacturers and for 3PL. But I hit up some entrepreneur networks that I'm in. We did a call with a few manufacturers. We found one yesterday that we we really like. I'm doing reference checks on him. And I asked him, like, how quickly can we start? He's like, well, how does February sound? Because <laughs> they're already booked for Q4. He's like, January, we're basically shut down for inventory reasons for taxes. But he's like, I can get you in in February to get a product. So I basically have no other option than to say, okay, fine, take our money. So um, yeah, man, that that's where we're at with Handsome Chaos on the manufacturing side of things. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's the downside of having a physical product. And this is like exact opposite of something like one day design, which is productized. We have no issues around fulfillment. If anything, our team is so amazing that we get like essentially unsolicited feedback from clients. It even happened today. Actually, I was looking at it earlier. It brings a smile to my face every time. So it's the exact opposite story there. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm trying to be like glasses half full. It's more time to do an awesome launch. So we're still with Hands Up Chaos investing in user-generated content. We're actually going to do an update to the website now that we have an actual product that we did a photo shoot for. And we're going to unleash our CRO team on that. So and we're also going to think through testing offers. So give us more time to hatch a killer plan. So that is a handsome chaos. We have made $0. So we have a ways to go on the $1 million challenge. All right, let's go to one day design. So one day design, last month we reported we were at 30K in revenue. We have passed $60,000 in revenue, which, which is super exciting. I was trying to get the number of exactly how many designs we did before this call from Haroon, but he has a lot going on, but we'll say it's almost 50 designs. I feel like is, is where we're at. We also did say a, it's, to correct you, it's definitely much more. I think on one client alone, we've done close to 35. Oh shoot. You're right. So yeah, we're <laughs> way over this number for sure. All right. A hundred, we'll say a hundred ish designs, but I want to start tracking that. I think that'd be a cool number to, to glorify. Yeah. We, we did a product hunt launch since we did the last podcast, which I don't know. Every time we're going to do a launch, I feel like it's going to change the world. And I'm always kind of underwhelmed. I, I think it was okay. We were like number 10 on product hunt, not number one. We we did get over 150 email signups. We got like 14 leads. We did get two customers from it, but I don't know. I still wanted to change the world with our launch, but I, if anything, it's, it's always good to make noise and, and do that. But I, I have some other things I want to hit on with what we think is working and not working with one day design, but what are the other updates I missed since we talked last? So it's just treating one day design like a client and essentially optimizing it as a service. So when the offer is more appealing to people, building persona focused landing pages to try to target different, like our ideal personas for the business. But I think one thing that I learned as well from launching on Product Hunt is Product Hunt caters more to a like a entrepreneur or like essentially bootstrapped entrepreneurs and people were very much looking for SaaS tools to optimize their their life and their businesses. So I don't feel like we were a perfect fit. That's probably why it was a little underwhelming, but it's also just good to have just that record that we were on Product Hunt and obviously like that that high ranking and all the positive responses we got will only help us going forward. So all that was a net positive. It's a good milestone to, to check off, but then it's like, all right, on to the next thing. And I, I'm guilty of reading those clickbaity articles, like how this one launch on Product Hunt turned into a trillion dollar company. It's like, oh, we should obviously do that as well. So here, here's, let's talk about what's working and not working with one day design. So with what is working is, you know, doing this idea of building in public or community-based marketing, we've actually gotten a lot of great business from it, whether it's like talking about it in trends. We do updates on Twitter. Like somebody just tagged me like, oh, this person's looking for design or CRO help. Check out One Day Design, talk to Jim. We literally just closed a client from that. And it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing that that's happening. The, the other thing is where we have an unfair advantage is our agency where clients might not be able to afford growth hit, but they could work with One Day Design. It's been a great downsell opportunity. So those things are working. The other thing that's working is the actual product. It's like, we don't have an unhappy 
customer, like, like you said, that person in Slack today, I forgot exactly what she said, but just saying how, like, I can't believe you guys exist. Like, this is the most amazing experience I've ever had. I want to be like, will you tell that to 10 friends, please? And not like in our isolated Slack channel, but what, what else is working with one day? To- I think it's, I feel like our, our offer is, is just, it just resonates in a way that I feel is very encouraging but unfortunately, I'd say the two, the, the big things are still undecided and not working. And I think that's kind of holding us back. I know we're kind of, we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, I think, yeah, just definitely the offer is by far the biggest one and the most important one, in my opinion. I think with a good offer, everything else is possible. And we've kind of validated that at that stage. So we can say our product has been tested in the market and the market has given us an amazing response. But yeah, there are other few big things that are still kind of, you know, handbreaking our growth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that we've really validated the product. Now it's like, okay, how do we make this thing sustainable? So what, what's not working is, you know, not that it's churned, but we said this last time, but people just use us to redesign a website and then they bounce and we're like, oh, we can do so much more. It's like, let us do development. Let us design your ads or emails. And so the, the blessing and curse of one day design is, oh, wow. Like it's very clear. We can do a website very quickly, but that should be just like the the Trojan horse that gets us in to, to really be a design and dev team for them. So that that's one potential thing that's not working or an issue. The other is we've been testing and it's such a small sample side. I don't want to side. I don't want to say that it's not working, but we've slowly launched Google ads because as an agency, we're, we're good at that. And so, you know, that's been a, a little harder than I thought. Again, it's like a few weeks in. But we're going to be optimizing there. And we're just now going to do a little bit of cold outreach for people that need us. And I was looking at the data before this. I think we've only sent like 80 emails and there's like 20 opens and two clicks. So it's a small sample size. But I'm I'm interested to see if we can get that to work. Because as a growth team, I'm working on two things. What are the non-scalable things we can do to will ourselves to 10 clients, like build in public, hold out or a hand-to-hand combat of like talking to people versus what are the scalable things we can do like ads or even cold out outreach that's on autopilot. And so I want to get those two things working for us. And then I also think our pricing section is a little confusing. You and I were going through it yesterday and we need to do a better job of making it easy for people to understand like what the heck this is and how much it costs and the value they get from it. But what what else isn't working? I think one thing, a larger issue around cold outreach is just identifying the persona. Who is that? Who or what kind of company is our offer ideal for? And I think matching, we already know the product works. We've tested it on, on many cases. We've Cross 60K in revenue, but it's just making sure that the offer matches the right audience at the right time. And that's something we haven't nailed. But I think once we do that, we will definitely have a very predictable business that's also very scalable. And again, like where do those people live? And are is there a better way to get in front of them besides cold outreach? That's one of my big initiatives, but something that hasn't necessarily like we haven't we haven't got an answer to that so far. We haven't found that answer. And I think the good thing is that we're testing and we can be decisive. But what I'm like super excited to really test or think through is we're about to run our own CRO program on one day design and, and really get that page dialed in. I'm excited about that. We've toyed around with the idea of like hiring a salesperson and just unleashing them on it. We're not there yet, but I'm I'm keeping my eyes open for some up and coming hustler that is in like an eat what you kill type of mentality that we could put on that. Cause I'll be honest, 
the sales for one day design is so easy. It's very transactional based as opposed to growth that which is very strategic based. And it, it's something that the right person could could do very well. And then there, there's some ideas we have around hacking job boards for people that are looking for what we offer that, that we're going to be testing. But yeah, what else? Anything else you want to talk about with one day design? Yeah, I think that last piece you hit on is actually huge because we want to be the implementation partners. And that's really what we are with one day design versus growth it, which is, as Jim said, way more strategic. And job boards, people actively looking for implementation partners, in that case, people that they can hire, is something we can you know really crack, but it definitely needs a bit more effort and attention. But that's a big one for sure. No, oh, very cool. All right. Well, we'll talk about next week. We'll see if we can get One Day Design to the six figure club. That would be amazing. Let, let's get One Day Design to six figures before the end of the year. That's that's, that's a uh, big yeah. one. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And, then, and then it's the two comma club that we're going to try and hit, which will take a little bit longer. Okay. So yeah. one thing that you and I are kind of obsessed with is this idea of how do you make the perfect activation offer, an offer that is irresistible because we work with so many brands that have a cool website. They've got a cool name. They have a cool product, but then they drive traffic to it and it is crickets. And the truth is they didn't do that final step of you need to make an irresistible offer that makes people want to purchase immediately. And so I thought it would be pretty helpful to talk through what are what's like a formula for thinking through the offer and then what are some examples. And I know like even like the 100 million dollar offer book from Alex Hermosi, he has a pretty cool formula in there, but like how do you think about like approaching coming up with an activation offer to turn a site visitor into a customer? Like what what is a formula that people could have as a framework in their mind? Yeah, actually, just to provide a bit more context here, I obviously like specialize in CRO, conversion site optimization, conversion rate optimization, I should say. And the biggest issue that I faced is, as you said, like you have these amazing companies who like raise a ton of money, but their sites really suck. They just don't convert. And out of frustration, it made me evaluate some of the offers that they have. And unfortunately, this is not just a marketing issue. It really rises up. It's a business level decision that has to be made at the C level. And I think Alex Ramosi probably has the best formula for this. It's his irresistible offer formula where it's really, you have the irresistible offer is a dream outcome and the believability of the outcome, like the believability of achieving that outcome. Those two things have to come hand in hand. If you make a wild offer to people that doesn't seem believable, most people will be very suspicious. Like if you see something is healthy, for example, but it tastes sweet, people are not going to believe it. And that's actually, that's psychology that many even you know, fast moving consumer goods companies build into their products is that they say it's healthy. They kind of strip out the sweetness from those products. So it feels believable. And then you have time delay and reducing that as much as possible. So people get the results right away. And then effort and sacrifice, again, making sure that the person doesn't have to do too much to get the result that they've been promised. So when you consider all these variables, you know, really increasing, like really messaging aggressively around the dream outcome, the believability, and then reducing time delay and sacrifice is like the combined formula that makes that irresistible offer. And that irresistible offer, you'll know it when you hear it because it'll make someone feel dumb for saying no. That's that's when you know it's good. And yeah, I think that's 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 now the formula that's pretty much standard. We use across all our clients and it's had amazing impact because if you nail that down before you begin optimizing for conversions, it'll be much easier. Your offer is so good 
that conversion is almost inevitable. High performance on the site is inevitable, but people kind of ignore that first step and go straight into optimizing minor variables on the sites, which has absolutely no impact. So yeah, these that's the formula at a high level. Yeah, the one for me that stands out with all of that is, you know, it's not about being the cheapest, but really being the fastest. People will pay more for speed. I mean, Amazon's a great example. Like they've made every e-commerce company have to do like either free shipping or overnight shipping. And, you know, with one day design, that that speed is like one thing we were really thoughtful with when coming up with, with the whole concept. But like even something like, I believe it was Domino's, like get your pizza in 30 minutes or it's it's free. Those things freaking work. If you can really like work on that time delay to gratification, it's huge. But I'm interested to hear, like, I want to go through, like, what are some of the best companies that have the best offers that you've seen? Yeah. So the best offers I've seen, I'll actually hit on a few industries that are completely unrelated. One is a company called Whoop. I actually have their fitness tracker on my wrist right now. It's what makes this very this product and this company unusual. It's like, I'm pretty sure some people are familiar with Jawbone, Fitbit, and even Apple Watch for that matter. They all charge for their hardware. They've raised a ton of money. So they, the activation, like the, the amount of convincing the company needs to do to get you to buy the 300, 400, $500 product is very high. But what Whoop did is the exact opposite. They came in, they give you the hardware for free. So getting started is a no-brainer. Again, you'd feel dumb for not for, for saying no. They're giving you the hardware for free and they sell you, they make money on the value you get. So you subscribe to the tool and it's it's a monthly payment, but you get a ton of data about who you are, and like essentially your, your, your fitness metrics. So that's one very interesting offer that completely changed the game by making entry and activation a no-brainer. And then you have something like the American Airlines Travel Pass, which is a lifetime pass that was just $250,000. Initially, people actually thought that it was priced too high, so many people ignored it. Few smart people actually did the math and realized that even in a year, your travel costs can be up to seven figures, a million dollars. This is first class unlimited. So people eventually used it to go to Canada to, to eat breakfast and come back and like obviously abused it. But the the offer there is just the dream outcome, being able to travel at a ridiculously, like at a one-time cost, unlimited. So yeah, that's that's probably the best example of that. But two completely unrelated industries, one travel and the other one in hardware, which is a, probably the hardest space to have, to have an irresistible offer. Yeah. And I think what's interesting too is when you give a product away for free, but you know, you're going to have the monetization on the back end. when done yeah. right, if it's the right retention business works extremely well, like two examples, I know we've been obsessed with is Curology with their personalized skincare product where they're like, Hey, we're going to give you a product for free, just subscribe. And then at month two, it would turn into a subscription and they have probably the best quiz funnel out there for personalizing it for you. They get your credit card information. And then after that, like, okay, now we need you to upload photos of your your acne of your of your skin because they know that was the biggest hurdle in the the funnel. And then what's genius is they connect you with the dermatologist through SMS, so it really starts to train you for that retention. So they get you with the free product in the door. They activate you with your credit card there, but then they're training you for retention. I also 
like everyone knows Harry's with subscription razors where they're giving a product away for free, similar curology. I mean, honestly, that's what I'm thinking through with handsome chaos. Cause the only way that business model works is with the repeat purchases. And so really thinking through if it's in the margins to just give product away for subscription. I don't know if you like, I think the best page for a while was main street with their offer and what they had. I don't know if you remember what they had in the headline, but do you, do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, so what I love about Main Street and actually Hydros, which is SaaS tool, an AI ads tracking tool, is they get they only charge you when their solution works. So it's no cost to you to get started, a no-brainer offer again. And um, what they do is tax savings for mostly startups. So a very tight-knit community that all have the same problem of a lot of tax savings that they're not looking into. Main Street helps you get those tax savings. So it's additional revenue for your business, essentially money you'd be keeping and they only get paid when the product works. They're that confident. And that goes back to the second element in the irresistible formula, which is the believability. It's they believe in their product so much that they're willing to give it to you for free and only get paid on the back end. So if there's like a free element up front, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. That almost always works. Obviously, you have your business has to be good enough and be able to monetize on the back end. That one's really strong. And their headline for a while was like, See if you can save up to like we save startups yeah. up to 50k. See if you qualify in under five minutes. So it's like yeah. aspiration, and then you have this like time delay in there, and then they have like risk reversal. It's like it costs nothing to you to apply. So it, it was it was truly genius. One other one actually that I wanted to hit on was actually going back to the free samples example you were talking about is Glossier. Glossier initially knew that or actually noticed that people were just buying a single item. Their, their cart was just single item. So they started giving away free samples. And what happened is people would get those free samples. They were products they probably never experienced before, but they would get so much value from them. They'd come by, they'll come back next time and buy that product that they got a free sample the first time. So that was proved to be so effective that now it's a standard and a few other competitors have definitely copied it as well. And we obviously see this whenever we go to Costco or Trader Joe's and things like that, where you get free samples. At, and when you get the value, you feel encouraged to, to purchase that, that, that offer, or that product, I should say. Yeah, especially if the product's so good, if you can get it in people's hands. Because another thing to think about when designing your offer is, what is that magic moment? And usually the magic moment is when you save people time, money, or you wow them with the experience of the software product or the physical product. Like Girlfriend Collective, right as Athleisure was blowing up, they had these like insanely comfortable leggings, but they're like 90 bucks, which at the time was really high. So they were giving the product away for free if you shared it out. And that like really put them on the map. We, we did that with one client and got them 10,000 customers in one day. And the customer acquisition cost was lower than what they were doing on ads. But you have to be able to back it up, knowing that they're going to want to come back to get more products like that. But th those are ones that can like, it's not necessarily repeatable, but they can really give you a, a boost for it. I mean, the other ones that are iconic are obviously Dropbox, where it's like free storage if you invite people. I mean, what PayPal was doing as well, where... You're, they're giving money away. They're like, hey, if you invite people or create an account, we're giving you 25 bucks. I think they were burning like a million dollars a day, but the business model supported it just because you know the, it was going to be so sticky once they get into it. So whenever we're 
where I'm talking to like a brand, I think of activation as the spectrum, like from your business model, like what are the low touch things you can do that don't cost you a lot, but could get them in the funnel, whether it's like a quiz funnel or early access, or then you start losing margin woods where it's like you're giving them discounts, bundles, or give them that free product for a subscription or the most aggressive thing. You're literally paying them to become a customer or paying them to refer. But as you look at the spectrum of what you can do, it's seeing like, hey, what works with our business model? And then how do we get super creative and innovative with that? Because if you know that like, hey, this is a high repeat purchase product that makes our lifetime value in four figures or five figures, that's a huge advantage where you can spend more than your competition on CAC, customer acquisition costs. So it's like, let's just get really creative with how we do that. So I don't know. I don't think enough people talk about the importance of these offers and how to activate people. People just want to make cool websites and, and cool brands. Yeah. And I think part of it is because it's not really a marketing conversation. I mean, it is, but it really happens, becomes a marketing conversation at the very end. These are like product engineering business level decisions that have to be made higher up. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's, it's really overlooked. I think the companies that I admire the most have like these unique business models that allows them to offer something with extremely high perceived value at ridiculously low rates. Like there's this one company, POP, P-A-W-P, which is pet insurance. So they give you, I think it's, I don't remember the exact numbers, but like five figure worth of insurance for your pets for the cost of $30 a month or something like that. And their offer is a no brainer. And I think the other one, which is my absolute favorite is JSX, which gives you private travel for the cost of commercial, pretty much. You drive up to a, a you know an airplane hangar. You completely skip the the airport experience, and you walk into a private jet. But you only pay for the seat, which is the cost of commercial. And they've engineered that business model, which gives them the offer that's so irresistible that people feel dumb for saying no. I didn't know that existed. That's pretty amazing. Okay, that's, I need it's need JSX actually. If you want to look it up, Jim. All right. Well, you and I can finally meet and we'll meet on the, the airplane hangers with our private jets that we got. Okay. Perfect. Well, I know you have to run, but dude, we're approaching a hundred episodes on this podcast, which is crazy. I got to figure out some way to, I was thinking of like doing a greatest hits and like putting together a bunch of episodes. I emailed the producer. He's like, yeah, that sounds great. But he's like, don't, I was like, oh, we could do like three episodes. He's like, people won't want to listen to three. He's like, just do one. I was like, all right, we'll just do one. And then uh, it's fine. We've been asked to get sponsors before, but I actually think we might monetize this just to like offset the cost of production. And because one sponsor came in that I think is pretty cool. We'll see if people love that or hate it, but I want to make them kind of fun. But yeah, what else, man? Anything else before we close out? Yeah, that's awesome. I would actually love to hear or maybe even read maybe like a one line, like this was the best line from that episode, like a summary of the hundred and you have like a hundred of the best lines or takeaways from, you know, since, since inception. That would be one hell of a takeaway, I think. All right. I'll, I'll work on that this weekend. We'll see if we can pull it off. But uh, <laughs> cool. Cool, man. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep, we have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money. But I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. 
After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growthit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.